All right, Jerkoffs, we are back. Uh, sorry about the delay on this one. As you know, I am in Australia at the moment doing shows all over the place. So it was hard just to sit down and get this thing sorted. Uh, to tell you the absolute truth, I was looking for an English comedian based in Australia. As you know, we're doing the Australia Month on the podcast. A bunch of Australian people talking about the UK. I thought it would be cool to get someone from the UK uh, and talk about Australia, like someone who's moved here and lived here. I wanted to hear what they thought. I wanted to hear their first impressions. And to be honest, I couldn't find anyone. I couldn't find a single professional English comedian living in Sydney, uh, which was weird. I never actually thought about that before I tried to look. But yeah, it turns out they're not around it. I know a couple that live in Melbourne. I think there's one that lives in Adelaide but no one in Sydney. So I couldn't find them. So I kept looking, I dug deeper and I came across a friend of mine uh, who is English, he's not a comedian. He is an e-sports commentator. Yeah. You know computer games, you know Counter-Strike, you know Fortnite, you know Dota. He makes his living going around the world, commentating on those uh, live events, uh, online stuff with Twitch, and also as part of a TV show on Channel 7 in Australia called Good Game. His name is Miles Ross. Uh, I'm real excited to talk to him about that because, you know, it's a, it's a brave new world, right? When I was growing up, video games were something that you did to waste time. You know, that was the, that was the Instagram scroll of the 90s or the early 2000s. You just, you know, get on there, play a video game, not really think too much of it, tune out for a bit. Uh, wonder why they let you play as the Nazis and the terrorists seems a bit confusing, but you know, that's how it works. But now you can make a full-time living off that. Are these huge events that go on around the world? Uh, and Miles is probably one of the first people, or definitely like our generation is like the first generation of people who are able to make a professional living, not playing the game. Like this isn't just as a, as an athlete, as an E cyber cyber athlete i think they call it cyber athlete uh he's just a commentator he's just on the presentation side he's your john madden but for people playing counter-strike so i'm really excited to talk to him i know he's been here a while uh in in sydney the whole time uh and yeah he's like basically picked up his whole life never gone back never thought about it uh and i'm just curious to talk to him about what he thought about Australia like what he thought about living here what were his first impressions what uh, what what it would take for him to leave I think that's always like an interesting question like what it takes for people to go back somewhere else and uh, I don't want to waste any more time I want to dive straight into that because if you know Australia today right now it's almost exactly when it's happening it is the Melbourne Cup that is a big uh, horse race in Australia uh, that everybody has a bet on because what is Australian culture if not having a bloody flutter? I don't know if you saw recently, but the Opera House, our most famous landmark, was recently turned into a giant, beautiful, architectural marvel of a billboard to advertise a horse race. Not even the Melbourne Cup, but another horse race. So that's today. I want to get this thing out there as quick as possible. But just for anybody listening in Sydney, my one solo show in Australia is happening on Thursday, November 8th at Giants Wharf. Uh, 
it's this Thursday. You can get tickets online at my website, www.danielmuggleton.com. Uh, it'll be great to see you guys down there. And if you do come down, please say hello and have a chat about the podcast. Uh, and other than that, I just want to thank anybody who went to Australian Comedians Dope Comedy in London. That was on Sunday. Uh, we had a packed house. Everyone had a great time. And uh, if any fans of the pod went down to that, thank you so much for checking it out. Anyway, no further ado, let's get him in here. The esports commentator, the Richie Benno of Counter-Strike, the Sam Kekovich of esports. It's Miles Ross, ladies and gentlemen. Get around it. Gonna go. That's the thing. I like to I like to dive in. I, I, I like all good podcasts. Your music, your music fades, and then we're in, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to spoil it. But <laughs> these these people, these people have just been like, man, this is such a professional podcast. This is great. And Someone then, the, and then now the music fades, and they're like, fuck, they planned that. We thought this was an organic little <laughs> people sitting in a. Do you do you reckon like people picture a podcast as more or less professional than it actually is? I always imagine it really pro, like, 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 like Rogan. Studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you picture Rogan. I yeah, think yeah, most yeah. people picture even, Rogan. Even when you think of like Mark Maron, he's like, I'm in the garage. You're like, yeah, but your garage is still like soundproofed and there's a really nice table and those like mechanical boom mic hand things holding on the mics. See, for me, I just like pictured that he like owned a recording studio that he called the garage. It's just like, <laughs> we're live in the garage. And it's like, yeah, whatever, dude. Like, yeah, right, mate. You know what I mean? Just and, like you, that. and your cats are all your assistants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. Like, it's just like, my God, my cats. And it's just this underpaid, <laughs> underpaid youth who wants to be a sound engineer. You know, it's like, oh yeah, whatever. No, I, I find that like, yeah, I, I'm always, this is the thing. Like, I, I don't know. I think this setup is fine. Like, it's like a nice little intimate podcast thing. But there's nothing I hate more than that guy who buys all the equipment before he starts playing the sport. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the guy's going to have a hit of tennis. So he buys like a white polo shirt that's like Fred Perry and a headband. He's decked out head to toe and his racket costs like $1,500. Yeah. And but he's like, never played. Dude, your swing costs $0. Like... <laughs> Why are you Why are you doing this to yourself? Dan, right? there, are, there are a lot of those people. In like, I'm a motorcyclist, and there's we call it like all the gear, no idea people. And all the gear, see, no idea. You see them all the That's time. Good. You see them all the time, like head to toe in like Ducati leathers that cost hundreds of yeah, dollars. Yeah, yeah. Like just like minimum. such an investment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just walking around like yeah. just flexing, and now they ride it twice. Yeah, yeah. Maximum. I, like I, I think you should apply that standard to like you know those ripped dudes. Like you know, as as we as we are both. In Australia currently, there are no shortage of just really ripped dudes, like just jacked accountants. The buffest. Yeah. It's unreal. Like, it's you, like, why? Yeah. I mean, they, I, I often wonder, like, what do you need those muscles for? That's that's exactly I mean, you my look thing. Good, but how hard is it to sit in, like, normal seats on buses and airplanes? Like, your life is a mess. That's what... Airplane is the one that gets me. Because, like, I'm, I'm, like, skinny tall. Like, that's... I think that's my body type. You like, are just skinny a, Just tall. a noodle. You know what I mean? Like, just an unbroken noodle. Um, and like, yeah, a plane is annoying for me because of the length, but the width is good. I'm like, I'm like probably correct plane width. Yeah. But those, those shoulder guys, what are they doing? Because they're not flying business. They're spending it all on meat. Like there's no way they can afford business class seats. All that whey powder. All yeah. Like tons of powders. Oh, that's yeah. You, you know, you're back in Australia to see some dude carrying the most gigantic container of whey powder. Like it's never, the powder never comes in a small thing. It's always no. like, no, you've got to be fucking jacked to even lift. The container. Dude, that is something that, like, I mean, no, you live in London, so you don't. There's nowhere near as many, like, flat out jacked human beings in London as like, there are in Sydney. In Bondi Beach alone. There's more than in 
the whole of the UK. Put together. Like, yeah. Like the, Including professional Europe. athletes and yeah. like amateur wrestlers. Like it's still more on Bondi Beach. Yeah, it's, it's something that when I... Because I've been here now for seven years. Yeah. Like more or less, six, seven years. And I remember the very... Like the moment I got here, it was like I lived in Rose Bay... Um, it was. It's a very, very nice suburb. Eastern suburbs. Eastern suburbs. Oh, it's yeah. good. It's yeah. real clean. If there. the Sydney suburb has bay in it, except for Botany Bay, unfortunately, yes. that was the original, and then we just kind of forgot about it. But everything else, if it's a bay, oof, it's oof. nice. It, it, it is. It is a really nice place, and it, it was like ten minute, like maybe walk or like a jog. Like I would jog. I'd go for a little run down to Bondi Beach. Go for Beach. a run. I'd, when you I first moved, got here, you moved from England to Australia. And you're like, no, I'm gonna. It's like you start sweating. I was just afraid of the buses more than anything. Like I didn't know what to do. Oh, come I was on. like, I was like, I can't. I, I don't make enough. I don't have any money, so I can't get a cab and I can't get on the bus because <laughs> like I don't want to ask my partner now, like my wife now. Like, how do I get on the bus, honey? Like I was trying to hang on to this like <laughs> independence, and I was like, I'll go for a run. And like I, I got on the beach, and it's just like every every single human being here is just perfect. Yeah. Like, Men, women, the kids, the elderly, everyone just looks so good. Yeah, I've seen Jack kids. How weird is that? Oh, it's weird. How are they doing that? How, how, why do their parents do that to them? Well, that's the thing. Like, do they even do it or do they just kind of come out and they're just like, they've got abs and they just never go away? Yeah, they've all got this like perfect blonde hair and yeah, and, and they're just so friendly as well. Like, <laughs> just everyone is so nice here. But yeah, I mean, I can, I, I still can't. I've got a rashy now. I can't. You got a take, rashy? Yeah, I can't take oh, my shirt off on nice. the beach. I just for, can't. For the uninitiated, the rashy is the. The mark of a loser at it, the beach. Unless you're really, really good at bodyboarding or surfing, then it's okay. It's like it's a real top and bottom. Yeah, we're not good enough at surfing yet. Not at the I started, I've done five lessons at the tender really? age of 29. Yeah, and, nice. and honestly, I love it. Like, I'm awful. I'm fucking Wait, is this like being like a consistent, yeah. a recent thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This five is, lessons? This five lessons, yeah. It, wow. cost, it cost, didn't cost much. And we were like, you know, the wife and I, well, let's get on it. Let's, let's, we're let's in Sydney. surfing lessons. I've been here for six years. How about you get in the water, champ? Yeah. That'd be like, you live in London for six years. And she's like, I think I'm going to pick up a slight coke habit. That's what I'm going to do. I just really, before I leave, I want to experience the culture. And it still only costs a couple of hundred quid? Yeah. Oh, way less than that. My God. Like, I reckon, this is, my, this is my new theory about the UK. I reckon they subsidize the price of cocaine to keep people thin. Like, I just think you subsidize the price of cocaine, you jack up the price of meat. And that way, they don't need to put more trains on. You know, just like tons of skinny people just sardined into the train. I like that. How do you find the trains? Like, because you, do you travel outside of London very often? Because this is something that people, when people travel to the UK, they are in disbelief of how expensive the rail network is outside of central London. Yeah, but that's, I, I, I'm mainly a bus man on, on, my, on my comedian You're salary. Right. Love, a, love a mega bus, love a National Express, but I, I've, I've lent towards mega bus. I couldn't tell you why. I just think for some reason it's got more character. Yeah, National Express seems too clean and vanilla. Yeah, they're like the National Express. They kind of have like pleather chairs, which I find <laughs> that's, dis- that's fine because it never gets hot and easy to clean. And easy to clean. So it actually kind of makes sense, but at the same time, like, nah, it's like a gross kind of like porn material, you know? Well, yeah, and they flake when they get old. Yeah, exactly. And then you're, you're, like, you're covered in little bits of brown stuff. Yeah, but they've both got. This is the thing. They've both got free Wi-Fi, but the Wi-Fi is just. I've never used. I I don't use it. I don't know why. I don't, know, I don't want Megabus having access to my shit. I still don't feel like the UK has caught up technologically. Like they've only just in the last five years got the flat white. There's the flat white. N- yeah. I mean, that's, that's big now. And my dad called me. <laughs> <laughs> he called me and he was like, you're not going to believe it. You're not going to believe it. There's a new coffee. I was like, what do you mean, dad? <laughs> it was like, it's called a flat white. It's a lot of milk, a little bit of coffee. I was like, hang on, dad, one second. And I was like... 
in total disbelief was like it's just a coffee like any coffee you get yeah. in, in Australia like the flat white is a standard here and he's like and it only costs four pounds I was like fuck me dad four quid for a for a coffee like and this is like in Costa five Dude, five the, years ago the coffee prices over there I don't know why like I just like they're so expensive like it's and it's weird like I mean they're large I guess like you get yeah. like a lot of it's whatever still, it is it doesn't justify like here when you get like a coffee like you walk past cafe after cafe on the way here yeah. and they're re- really reasonably priced like three bucks 350 at max 380 if you're going for the fancy shit but like in the UK you are paying an arm and a leg for a cup of very milky crap yeah, but like a high street, you know, like you're getting the high street chains, like your, your Costas, your Cafe Nero's, your Starbucks. I got, I got to say, when I first got there, that was like my least favorite thing, just how like everything exists exactly the same somewhere else. Like even the yeah. architecture of the store has been stolen from like somewhere in fucking Norwich or like whatever. You know? I, I went to uni in Norwich and, and like yeah. I left. So I, I grew up in, I was born in London, but I grew up most of my life in England. Which, which, which part of London? Uh, it was... I, I lived in it was St. Thomas's Hospital oh. but we lived in Stockwell for a few for quite a long time oh Stockwell okay so just south of yeah yeah the, northern, Thames, the yeah. northern line yeah northern line yeah everyone's, yeah everyone's favourite line the northern yeah. line so we were there for a long time and then um, at one point uh, we moved around a little bit we moved to Dulwich for a while um, and I've lived in like this is very very young life though like I've got a limited memory of this yeah. but then we moved to the US dad got a job with DreamWorks so we moved to Santa Monica which is cool but when we came back which is like where the collective memory lives. We lived in like West Sussex, like down south, proper countryside. Um, ah, okay, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in a tiny little town called in- Cold Waltham. Cold Waltham. And guess what? It was freezing. Yeah, Cold Waltham, man. That's like a good English town name. You yeah, know? yeah. We had a we had a um, a church, like a tiny church, just across the street. And get this, because like I know <laughs> I've been listening to the podcast, so I know like I know you you like how old London is, and it is it's some of it is shocking, but my home that we grew up in in or that i grew up in in um in cold waltham was built in 1220 what like that is that's hundreds of years before shakespeare oh that that church or that house the house the house was called and you can google this it was called the old priest house um because it was <laughs> the priest's house across the street was the church so he had this yeah. like sweet pad and like the house was built in a way that like the downstairs area that we transformed into a dining room was like, it was where the cows lived because right. you had to have your own cows. Cows back then. You needed cows, yeah. You need your yeah. milk. Yeah, They're going to invent a new coffee in 800 years. Yeah, so you're going to need that they, need There's that a lot milk. of milk in those flat whites. We're going to need to <laughs> get them teats going. So so yeah, he was. it was a ground, the ground floor was built in 1220 and then like in the Elizabethan era, the top floor was built. And it is, honestly, it's unreal, man. When I look back at it, I think that was fucking ancient at the time i didn't think anything of it i was like whatever it's just another kid, old right? house yeah. yeah but also like we it's like England this plumbing is, could be better and then you move on with yeah your life uh, it was a miracle we had we didn't have hot water for the f- for the first like three or four months when we first moved in there and it was what yeah the previous tenants it was a restaurant and i think it still is a restaurant to this day gotta make a pilgrimage at one point but it was <laughs> it was such an old place they had no piping no yeah. central heating i don't know how they got electricity like i'm i they did like clearly, but I just still don't understand. And um, and essentially, like we we installed all the pipes, we installed um, like more power and everything, which obviously cost a fortune. It had a thatched roof, which costs a bomb to like keep maintained. And like because it's a heritage listed site, we can't make any changes to it. So like the windows were like the original windows, and they're all just open. We were living like eighty <laughs> percent outdoors. 
just kind of like this carport that's like really old and just why are the windows open you said it, it was, was just cold. like those just all diamond Could they even open to old windows open some of them we shouldn't open because we did i would open them and it just fall off and you'd like yeah oh, that's fuck, what i fucked thinking. it up now and dad's like what are you doing I'm like, dad i'm sorry and you put it back on you'd like lower it down onto the little peg thing that was holding it all together I'm, and i'm picturing like a lot of stone is it just kind of like those weird little bricks yeah we had a your picture of like the low english fence the low english wall you we had a one lot that's we like had... kind of knee height and you're like why is this here who's that stopping <laughs> I, mean, I think back in the day people were shorter they were definitely shorter dan you've brought me on to my next point what? all the doors <laughs> were like because i'm six foot one all the doors you're a big dude you're like yeah. you're six two something like that you're uh, you're right i'm about you maybe no, a little I bit taller you've, than you've you. got height on me but no. the the all the doors are like a good I, eyebrow height. five nine so we ducked under every doorway and i, I shit you not it was like but why did your family move into this like i don't know dan. I, I don't understand like were you churning butter like what was going on i don't really know like it must have been a killer deal on an ancient ancient home but it's but this is i think coming from australia you'd see like ancient home you'd be like this must be very expensive this must this is an antique this was built in the 50s this apartment block and everyone tells me like that is old as hell here and i'm like you don't know old <laughs> i grew up in a museum we had 12, a plaque 20. we had a plaque that came with the house we couldn't get rid of like couldn't get rid of the plaque yeah. the kids from the local school would occasionally just come by and i remember one day like i just got out of the shower oh sorry the bath we didn't have a shower yeah i'd, I'd stand up and 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 douse myself it's the only way to do it man you couldn't have a bath every day it takes hours i'd go to the i went to my bedroom <laughs> just a side note of like englishness there <laughs> if you're gonna have a bath you gotta enjoy that shit you don't just you know, candles no no time. efficient bathing like, that's ridiculous so we i'd come out of the wash area and just go like to the walls of the front room and there's a lot of windows on the top floor yeah and like i'd be semi-naked and there'd be like 30 school children in our driveway and a woman just pointing up not at me, but like at the house and explaining the history of the house and stuff like that. And that was a regular occurrence. So you were like a tour destination. Like you're yeah. like part of a educational... Yeah, we, we had fuck? a man who you're came... like the Anne Frank house, but happier. Way happier. A lot happier. Way happier. Oh, that's like my go-to famous house, the Anne Frank. That's yeah. the only... Because you can go there. You can. You I mean, can go there. It's, it, is it is literally a tourist stop. Like, I'm not saying I was wrong in what I said, but I do feel bad about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was yeah, it, it was a cool thing. We had like old people come to the house, like a guy who was easily in his 90s, and he banged on the door and he was like, hello, I grew up, I was born on your in this room. And I was like, far out, mate. Do you want to come in and have a look? Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> he was, yeah, of he course. Was, he was like, oh, I don't really remember much, but I'm here now. I was like, good on you, man. Like, wow, you've, how far have you come? He was like, from Brighton. I was like, well, it's, it's a train line. It's not it's that a train, yeah. It's really like One that. of those expensive English trains. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's a, that's a big that's a big uh, plus but, of being here, man. Is how cheap. But the, but you didn't. How long were you in this oh. like ancient house? Honestly, like over ten years. We did. I, I moved. We the family moved out there. We moved out of the house for good and sold it um, about three or four years ago. I helped move wow. out. Yeah, flew back. Helped parents. So move what out. what age group were you in? Like high school? Yeah, yeah. So you're like. Did you ever bring a girl back to like the ancient house? Oh, God, no, dude. I'm, I was a gamer. I didn't see women until I oh, was a man. Right. Okay, sorry. I was just I was just trying to picture this thing where it's like you meet a girl and like, oh, I gotta no. come over. It's like, oh, where do you live? Uh, the old priest house. Like, do I need to buy a ticket to and, come in? And like, she's nah, like, baby. I'm bringing a several friends and some mace. Like, this sounds like a trap, like for sure. But okay, a gamer. I mean, that's good. We got there. We made it because you are a gamer. And like a proper, a real, a real one is that one of the few, one of the few that made it. Out. Well, I'm look. So I'm obviously I'm talking to Miles Ross, original Englishman. Yeah, but mum's uh, mum's from Scotland, dad's from from Leytonstone. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he is he lives in Australia, and he's a gamer. Yeah, well, I'm a technically I'm a a 
esports commentator. That's the official go. That's what. That's what in modern parlance. That's what we call it. I mean, an esports commentator. Yeah, man. So, so like Madden, but in real life. Like, yeah, yeah. So when you when you take nowadays, it's all the rage to to call it esports. So we just used to call it competitive gaming. We're like, you know, you you know, you're the guy on the street who's really good at like Street Fighter. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you play him, you're like, wow, he's really good. Like an arcade legend. Yeah, just yeah. Like, you know, he's got he's got his own buttons and shit. It's yeah. like the level up from that. It's like where you go across the country and you smash up other people, and there's like a hat at the door, and you put in your twenty, and the guy yeah. who wins all of it takes the the cash and the hat. We have just taken that and extrapolated it to a point where now like we're giving millions of dollars away to kids in stadiums because yeah now it's like it's real like it's what actually what kind of prize money where would it kind of rank in terms of like real sports like is it starting to approach yeah i mean because surely like i know korea is the kind of mecca is that the biggest one it is market it is the biggest market but the u.s does a they do they give away a lot of money there's not like crowdfunding in games so that's so atypical for the u.s to be like wait no we can give away more than you yeah we we can we can oprah this we don't have the biggest audience or the most fans but look at all this money look take this fucking money yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's the u.s is really big on that there's a there's a tournament um dota 2 they do a tournament every year called um the international and the prize pool is like 25 million dollars like it's 25 million yeah and Aussie won it this year it was part of the team that won it get the fuck out of here yeah and he had to buy buy a house with cash (laughs) how nuts is that I can't believe like an Australian athlete won something this year a year that has been dire for Australian sports no coverage no coverage we're still we're just still too proud yeah. To be like, no, we're good at we're good at inside stuff too. We're good at outside stuff and inside stuff. Look, we're getting there, man. I mean, most of the time whenever this is whenever games are mentioned on the news, it's like my son plays too much Fortnite and now he's getting aggressive. And it's like, that's not there's more to it. What accent that. was that supposed that's to like be? The, I don't know, when I turn the telly on occasionally <laughs> and there's that woman that's like it's always a woman. She's always being angry about the kids playing Fortnite or the dad that's like, Oh, what happened to cooking the ball in the garden? You know, like That one was better. I think yeah. your, your your Australian man accent is better than your Australian woman <laughs> accent. <laughs> You'd hope so. Yeah, I mean, the Australian woman accent definitely had shades of like New Zealand to it. I like you just kind of slipped, in, slipped into the bro. I like, was there like two weeks ago. That's it. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Do you, do you, has your accent changed since you've been here? Because what, seven, seven years? That's a seven ten years. years. My, that's my, a stretch. My friends have said it has, but I, I have done everything in my power to not let it happen. Good, good. I think that's the correct response. You know, some people are like, no, I want to, you know, I want to sound more. It's like, no, but just talk d- like you talk. Do you? I, yeah. I watch like um, I say quid now though. I do it. Oh, you switch. shamelessly. It's a great word though. Quid. It's good. Quid. Nothing it's sounds like that. A couple of quid. Or even yeah. A few bob. A couple of quid. Uh, I wouldn't up, do bob. Have you picked up a lot of slang bob. actually since living not, in London? No, no, not really. Like, I'm trying to think if there's like any no quid. I say like, I say grim a lot, but I think that's kind of out here as well. I think that's kind of international. That's grim. like that's just like middle class slang. It is, isn't it? That's, what a grim day, gosh. Yeah, just like, dude, man, that place is fucking grim. Grim. Like that if I if I saw your childhood house, I would probably describe it as grim. Yeah, it's very spooky, grim. But like it I just I'm trying to picture it more. I'm still I'm still hung up on this house cuz like you lived there for many, many years. Oh man, long time, yeah. So like was it like a TV? Yeah. And then like ancient wall, ancient. Dude, you could kick your way out of the front room. It was so old. The plaster. Oh. Like there were times where like I threw a cardboard, an empty cardboard box at my sister in a fit of rage and it broke one of the windows. <laughs> like it broke an the metal it broke box. the metal work on the windows. Yeah. Wow. Like it bent it out of shape. And obviously like because the, the basically to describe it, I mean it's hard to describe. Basically like a a diamond sort of shaped metal framework that held these little diamond cutouts of glass. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I got you. Kind of like it's kind of uh, like the cheap church, like you know, like the, the yeah. not the proper stained glass, yeah, 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 like the, yeah. the cheap. But that yeah, was like yeah, yeah, every yeah. single window in the house, wow. and and obviously like throughout the years and years, hundreds, hundreds of years, the metal had warped and shifted. Oh, of course, yeah. and like yeah, you just drafts everywhere. We had like plastic cellophane wrap over the windows. That was the best we could do because you can't change the facade of the house. Because yeah, to be protected. Because they're like, we gotta we gotta keep these tours up. Yeah, and but we'd also be like every now and then you, the government's like, you better do something about that thatch. We're like, can you give us a hand? They were like, get fucked, <laughs> and they didn't want to help. And that was that was it was honestly financially draining on the family. But why? I, I still don't understand why. Like, was your dad working near there? Is that, your dad so, no, really, th- really, 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 really old? Like, he wanted a house that reminded him of his childhood. Like, <laughs> I just don't, I just don't get it. Dad, so dad worked in London. We com- and we had a train station like t- like five six minute drive away. So he would yeah. commute every day. So he did the classic. That's the classic. For those of you who don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking away to people who aren't here, being like, for those of the audience who don't know, um, that's a very standard thing in the UK to live outside of London, just commute in every day, like hour and a half, two hour commute oh, is dude, considered very acceptable. Yeah, you've made it. If you got an hour and a half commute, you made it. Yeah, and just you just go in every day, but it costs you like what, like two thousand, three thousand pounds a year. It cost me as I was a I was like a runner for an editing suite in London, and like I was getting paid peanuts anyway, and I remember having to give over half of my weekly salary easily to travel fair. Yeah. I mean, they would reimburse me, but I was sort of just like, Jesus, man, what am I doing? I should yeah. just live here. Because like, there's just, there's like a huge, there's like a huge, um, can you get like a yearly thing? Like it's like a yeah. one-off expense and it's like 10, like, you know, like 8,000 pounds. It's just like, what? It's like, yeah, it's a train ticket for a year. And I'm like, that is the craziest shit I've heard in my life. Ever. This is the thing. What's the price of a car? Southern Rail are the devil <laughs> and if you're like and all the train stations are so old like there's no ga- there's no like barrier or gate so you can just get on the train and you yeah. get on the train and the guy's like tickets please and you're like oh shit yeah i was late to work so i ran for it i got the train i'm not going to lose my job but i've now got a 95 pound fine for not having a ticket on the train 95 pounds so that's not too bad i reckon australia is like the most obscene fine place in the world like we like it's like that kind of like just convict hangover it's like if you fuck up you're gonna pay for it pay boy we can't we can't deport you anymore because we really don't we really make it seem like there's not a lot of room here yeah you know i I can't believe how much that fine like a speeding ticket costs you 700 fucking hell yeah i had like a no registration i got like 700 twice so it was like 1400 i'm petrified of getting fines like i can't do that i just can't in the uk i'd be like you know what let's do 50 in a 40 zone let's, let's, <laughs> it's a 30 let's just go all the way up to Let, 70 let's, let's chance it you know let's chance it there's no police here anyway and the police like i mean i know they make their money from from speeding fines or whatnot, but it's just it was just there's no real deterrent aside from a bit of cash to not break the law in the uk criminals yeah. must love it <laughs> i mean you've got a rich history i've seen all your guy richie documentaries like it's a. Uh, <laughs> It's all it's all good stuff. Sherlock Holmes one and two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Rock and Roller. What happened to the sequels? I don't know. He forgot. That was meant to be a trilogy. It, it was. I remember. I, I remember because I'm always into his shit. I don't know why. I just get you know just that kind of the accent thing. Yeah, Snatch no one, and Lockstock. So when I like people always like Americans especially because I work with Americans mostly. They're like, hey, what's it like? You know, you know, being and what, what you know, what's your family like? And I'm like, well, my dad is like a Guy Ritchie movie. Like he's a Cockney. The fa- that side of the family are all Cockneys. They grew up in like. East London, they're EastEnders. My grandmother was an extra in EastEnders for <laughs> decades. Like, she really went that far. She um, started off as a mother, became a grandmother. That's how long she was an extra. Yeah, like, pretty uh, much. Like, and and when they're like, okay, what's, what's the deal with your mum? Like, oh, mum's from Scotland. And they're mostly like, where's Scotland? Where? How is, is that in England? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you know Westeros? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, so King's Landing is London. 
and you go north of the wall, they're like, gotcha. I'm like, that's Scotland. Yeah, so yeah, my mum yeah. is a wildling. They're like, oh my God, makes so much sense. I'm like, you're an idiot. <laughs> that's most of, my, Look, most of my encounters with the United States. I, I you know, just want to give a shout out to the United States people. I do think of England as Game of Thrones quite a lot. It's the same thing, man. In terms of history and geography. Like it, it's not right, but it's not wrong enough that you don't understand what's going on. Hundred percent, like genuinely, like the themes of, are the same. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, the, the there's very- like everyone hates King's Landing. Nobody lives there, but you're kind of bound to it. And other people are trying to break out, and they don't like it. And then there's this other culture over there. Yeah, and that's and just that's Europe. It. And but Europe that's- has heaps of slaves. I don't know if you've been there. Europe has just the sheer number of slaves in Europe is crazy. Unreal. Yeah. Unreal amount of slaves to this day. Yeah. That's why, thank God for Brexit, you know, that the UK is finally not condoning this open slavery in in Europe. Oh, wow. This could really cause some misinformation. Um, How do we get here again? We, we were talking about this this house. Just you lived there for so long, and yeah. then the commute, that London daily commute. Yeah, brutal commute, brutal commute. Um, and then, and then, but the gaming. We, but this is this yeah, is sorry. Back back to the gaming. You said mainly U.S. people. So, but you got into it over here, right? Like you got into it through being in Australia, or was it kind of? No, it just it's been in my life like forever, man. Like you know, okay. you, you, whatever your like passions are. Like for me, it's a weird thing to be like I'm passionate about video games. Like it's a weird thing. Well, that I think for our we're the last generation where that is true yeah i think everyone after us would be like no i mean other people are passionate about instagram like that makes way less sense because it's not photos it's not photography it's not graphic design it's instagram yeah it's very different yeah yeah it's like i'm into mundane photos and good captions that's what i like great captions and that little shopping bag at the bottom left that tells me i can buy what's in the image oh dude if you if you go up with a good caption you take the rest of the day off Feels great. I've had... Watch them likes roll in, mate. Dude, Just watch them roll in. Oh, I do. Like, I, I don't have a lot on during the day. <laughs> no, I genuinely... This happened to me the other week. This is how I know that I'm in too deep. I thought of a good caption a week after I put the photo up. Oh, no. Like, clearly that had just been ticking in my subconscious. And I was just like... Fuck. Fuck. Like, I missed it. And then I, and then I considered just taking it down, doing a repost do with it. a good caption. Nah. Do it. We'd all forget. We'd forget. I refuse. Astra- the way people are now, we'd forget. And you'd get away with that. And they'd go, man, he's fucking good at this. And nah. Like, I, can't, I can't do it. As, as an Australian, I've had a long history of ignoring my history. And <laughs> so... Yeah. That's another thing about coming here. We don't know <laughs> shit about this country's history in the UK. I mean, I... In, like, okay... Growing up in the UK, the schooling system, they teach you World War II, mm-hmm. bit of Napoleon maybe, um, all the shit we won. Yeah. Anything we won, you get taught about. So obviously, like, I know all about World War II. Did it at university, did history at university. What did I do? The Second World War, because we won, baby. But um, we don't learn a whole lot about the US history. You know, most of European history, only if it directly affects yeah, the British where the UK is now. We don't know anything about the, the empire, you know? Right. None of that That would have been pretty prominent. That's a big win. We learned we're winning the world for a bit. We were number one. We learned a little bit about um, India and Gandhi and things like that, but very, very, very surface level, you know. And and there's nothing about Australia and New Zealand, you know. What do you mean nothing? We don't. We get taught very in the English curriculum. I mean, I'm 29 now, so like when I was when I was at school, it wasn't like there was an elective on Australia, like none of that shit. So when I came here, I was like, what's the deal here? And I kind of dug into the history of the country. I was like, wow. Yeah. Oh my, f- what the fuck, firstly. It's, it's pretty wild. Yeah, it's really interesting. But the thing is, I don't even know that much about it. Like as like a white Australian who went to a private school, they don't really cover it. 
Like they're like, ah, so let's keep talking about the War of the Roses, guys. That's that's pretty sick. How about them roundheads? Yeah, they were they were they were jerks. Yeah, it's it's a. I well, mean, it's what, tough. What, did, what did we do with the people who are already here? Don't worry about it. Guys. Come on, um, Henry the Eighth. He had a few wives. <laughs> like did. your your dad, right? Yeah, private school. Lots of divorces. Yeah, um, it's, yeah. it's it's a weird thing. It's really it's been really really interesting being here and and um and and seeing that because like, as a British person, I know that we. Like we are, I think we're the worst people in history. Wow. No one has a kill count like the British Empire across the entire world. Like general, just, gen- I mean, we're going down this one. A <laughs> lot of genocide, all of your favorite racial slurs and just like uh, the greatest list of oppression. Like the Brits did it first. We invented like concentration camps. Yeah. And like we were we were laying into the Jews way before Adolf Hitler was. Like honestly, they I just think the Brits are like unequivocally the worst. Really? That's like as a historian, like because I've studied this yeah, and I'm like, just like, oh my god. I literally have a degree in this. This is a very well-reasoned opinion. Like, we're the worst. This I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not like it, it, and all in the name of like imperialism and, and just like Yeah. I want that. Yeah. I'll have it. How can I have that? Yeah. What do we do with who had that before? It's brutal. Yeah. It's brutal. I mean, look, it's, you, you do look back at that stuff and you're just like, you know what I mean? Like just, uh, I forget someone, I think it's someone's got a good joke about it. Maybe Daniel Tosh. It's about how like all the founding fathers in the US like had slaves and like beat their wife. Like it's just like freedom for everybody. And they were just cunts. Like just, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just like, it was just, ugh. they still got that old country in them. They got yeah. that old Britain in them still. That's yeah. why. It was like a stick. Like, you know, it was just that period of history. If you were on top and you guys were on top, it was like, Hey, who's going to stop us? Yeah. It was like the Spaniards were like, Hey, come on, we can, we can fuck some shit up. And you guys like, please hold my beer. Yeah. Hold my beer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it, there's something that we kind of, I don't know how the British people have managed to just sort of like sweep that under the rug in a weird way where they've just kind of gone, like, if we're polite enough, everyone's going to forget. Yeah. But if you if you do the digging, I mean, Christ, we're the worst. But I mean, you, you look at that and then you look at things like when the world was smaller, I guess, like the Western world, uh, you got to say Western world was smaller. Like Alexander the Great kind of raped and pillaged the whole world. Like the whole thing. That was like one guy. So I'm yeah. like, I'm kind of like, he's the worst guy. He's the worst. He, he's, but he does have the name The Great. It's not like... Ivan the Terrible. Yeah, yeah. You remember yeah. him as a dick. Yeah, it's Alex Alexander the Great. Like, yeah, but it's like, what was he great at? That would be uh, raping and pillaging. And you're like, oh, oh wow, that's that doesn't sound that great. It's like a bad nickname, but he 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 lucked out in the nickname front. Yeah, with the great because people don't do any digging. You're just like, well, he must have been pretty great. But <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's funny. Like, do you do you have any like? Ant- I mean, you're saying like UK is the worst in history, and that seems like a very objective opinion rather than like a you know what I mean, like, rather than like oh, I just feel. Like, no. So what about personally? Do you like, are you still kind of pro-England, pro-UK or are you? Yeah, I mean, I think I can't help but be pro-UK just because I've got a massive family. I love my family. I miss my family greatly. And I think like when I think of the home, when I think of the UK, I think of people as yeah. opposed to the place. Rather than um, like the kind of hierarchy and the social monarchy sp- and, yeah. you know. Although I will say that since coming out here, mm. I have never in my life would I imagine that I'd be so patriotic such a monarchist man like i could not have given a shit in the uk about the royal family i was happy we got a day off for the wedding when you know like will and kate yeah, got yeah, together yeah. but now all of a sudden i've watched like one season of the crown and you're in i'm so in <laughs> i'm so 
fucking in. And also being like weirdly patriotic, like again, not ever giving a shit about, you know, the country having this sort of like sort of sub, sub disdain for us because of our dirty history. But now I'm here and everyone's like, oh, you're a Brit. I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> and all this stuff, like flags and shit. Like I'm, I'm half a fart away from a tattoo. Really? That'd no, be no, pretty no. good. <laughs> Just you're just getting like the the Union Jack just ready to roll. But like it's just some, just being away from the home has changed my sort of perception on that because all of a sudden it's like it becomes a cultural identity thing where I'm like I am a Brit, aren't I? And little things like my wife will bring up points where she's like you're so British. And she, she's Australian. Right? She's Australian. Yeah, she's yeah. I mean she's, she's got a complicated good. background of immigration, but she's basically she's she's very much an Australian. Sure. But like th- she'll call me out on things. She's like you're doing things that are so British, like. You, the the apologies, the constant sorries, <laughs> constant sorries, and I'm sure you know what that's like. And also, there's a weird sort of like it, it's almost it's almost like a selfishness without actually being selfish. It's like I'm will, like I'll rock up at a party and I won't bring anything, but I'll still be really nice to everyone there. No one notices that I didn't bring anything. Yeah, that quite, but that, you will take stuff. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah you're not. It's not like you're just sitting around the party with hell no. You got a, you got a full you got a full hands. I've had six beers and most of the food. <laughs> and she, but she'll be like, "That's such a British thing to do," and I'm like. You talking about? And I sit back and I think about it. I'm like, that is a fucking very, very. I mean, that's that's like imperialism. Like, just <laughs> it's in there, Dan. I can't just get rid like, of I didn't it. bring anything with me, but I'm gonna take everything I want. I did. I didn't mean to be this. You're way. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's a weird thing since since um since coming here. Yeah. And again, that's like Australian people seem to be the opposite. Like, super generous, incredibly friendly, really, really lovely. Whereas, like, I find Brits to be almost naturally quite entitled, and I think the class system does that to us. Yeah, we're kind of just like, no, I should be getting that. <laughs> you're like, no, you, f- what the fuck? She's yeah, like, why? It's like, cause you know, I should. Yeah. That should because I, I rode here on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you if you ask me for something on top of a horse, I will probably give it to you. I think that's just like the kind of person I am. I'm just like, oh fuck, you probably need it. a carrot. It's probably for the horse. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, take your horse, carrot. I I do. I, it's funny. I think like. Uh, I, I don't. I never know if this is like a generational thing or like just kind of where you kind of figure. Because we both do kind of like alternative things, I guess. Like you know, esports and like comedy. It's like you're not kind of in like an office. Um, but like I found British people very welcoming to me because I think like when you're in that field and like there's kind of like a lot of you and you're kind of dealing with the same stuff, talking about the same stuff, like bringing a new person in, that's exciting. You know, like as an Australian comedian in the UK, people are like. What's going on down there? One of us. Yeah. yeah. Just I like, you're saying different stuff to me. This is great. You're not a threat at all. It, but there's still like, there's a, such a connection there because I think Britain's got an amazing history. I mean, you know, like it's got a great history of, of comedy and it's got a really lovely culture of comedy in the UK. Like people love stand-up. Yeah. We love laughing it, it is part because of the life culture. is grim. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I, I did this is fucking picking up Instagram again. Jesus Christ. Just really being my age. <laughs> No, it just, it just like, it was just funny because like I'm putting the show on in Sydney and like, it's, it's just hard to move tickets to a comedy show in Australia. I've and seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. And it's just like, I just, I just looked out at this beach in Maroubra, just picturesque, sunny sky, beautiful waves rolling in, plenty of space on the beach and that stupid umbrella armchair shit that you're doing in Europe. What about the pebbles on Brighton Beach? You pebbles? Oh, this. Fuck that. Dude, Brighton Beach smells brighton beach i've never seen a beach that smells like a swamp before like it's gross like you it's just disgusting. look at it and people go in there but this is great and i'm like no it's I mean, your bath is cleaner than that yeah. you freak like oh man but yeah i just like looked out at this beach and i was just like man it's so weird that more people don't see stand-up comedy when you're just <laughs> staring out at like the ocean 
like your Titanic King of the World shit, but still on land, so you're going to live, you know? Yeah, you've won. That's the thing with Australia. Is it's, it's so beautiful here, man. It's yeah. so... Like, I, it's ruined holidays for me. I can't go anywhere because Sydney is already prettier than 99% of the places in the world I've seen. Totally. And you just go for the culture. That's, like, why yeah. Australians, like, we... Yeah, if you go to a beach in another country, it stinks. Like, it's it just not does. Good. Like, I went, to, I went to Thailand not too long ago. I'd never been to Thailand. It was like, I should definitely do that while I'm on this side of the world. Yeah. I was like, dude, these beaches aren't that good. You've rolled out, like, Bronte, mate. Just little old Bronte. Yeah, you can walk there. You can walk there. <laughs> and everyone's friendly. The coffee's 10 out of 10. The food's good. I mean, apart from the sun, which is unreal for the British listeners, nothing will ever prepare you yeah. for how horrible the sun is on this Do, small area of the world. You're like kind of pale. Not like super pale, but like pale, like standard, standard issue, standard English. Issue I mean, under the shirt, like, I've got the body of a geisha, but like the, yeah. face, the face has been taking um, a bad hit recently. I was outside yeah. for 15 minutes. And it just does. Do you do sunscreen on the way to the shops? Like, are you that level? I should do, but I don't. Some some people, man, like I think my a lot of my, my girlfriend's brother, he's like kind of similar complexion to you. And just like, man, if he's going outside, he's got the screen on or he's got a big hat or both. It's just, it's necessary. Like, people look at you like you're crazy. It's like, nah. It's really The sun will get you. Like, have you ever been to Tasmania? No. It's, it's even worse there. You reckon the sun's worse way in Tassie? Way worse. Dude, way worse. How? There. Even that ozone there is even thinner <laughs> over Tassie. And Tassie is a, like a phenomenal place. And I think, like, I don't know whether the ozone rays or the sun rays, the UV rays, sorry, are, are enhancing that little part of the world, but it is phenomenal there. But the sun is un- it's just ridiculous. Just like, well, Tasmania is green, super lush. Green. Like the air is, it's the cleanest air on the planet, I think. The food, the drink, everything is perfect there. Like the, the waters around Tasmania, I think it's the, the perfect conditions to grow um, like salmon. Okay. So like the world has little little pockets, like other countries have pockets of water where they just like just grow this amazing salmon and all get shipped around. I didn't even realize you grew salmon. Is that a thing? It's like a salmon farm. I thought yeah. that was you don't like, have to pick them or anything. They just, like <laughs> <laughs> just like if English people want to keep living in Australia, you've got to pick some salmon. You're like, man, this is so hard. Do you need salmon picking yet? I should have done the strawberries. Uh, <laughs> oh man, but, but so yeah, wait, amazing. What, yeah. what what brought you here initially? That's actually a good question. That's a great question. I don't, so, I don't know that. I don't know the answer to this. It was it was my now wife. So I met my partner at university. She was on exchange. Okay. And she was just what like, university? Uh, university of East Anglia in Norwich. Okay. Which was um tons of fun tons of fun one, that's one thing that uk definitely does university very well is the university life no matter where you go i think australia is one of the worst university because we don't make you leave the house that's it yeah in one there's, that there's, is it there's no dorms there's no colleges there's no because if, you, if you live in sydney you're going to go to what unsw or the or sydney uni yeah like you're much. not going to go to canberra or to Melbourne. Yeah, Canberra's like the only one. I, I actually got into Canberra and considered going, but my parents were like, no, don't go. They're like, go to UNSW still. Like they kind of... Whereas like in other other countries, they'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Get, get out. Yeah. yeah, we've had 18 consecutive years. Go. Like, yeah. I want to see you at summers and Christmas and that's it. Like, and that, that, But that does make... Like, it's so much fun. Moving into halls, moving into dorms, meeting a yeah. ton of different people from different backgrounds, different countries, different views is phenomenal and that's like without even traveling like i had exchange students from nigeria i had like we had two chinese people we had you know like a guy from scotland <laughs> and it was like oh look at all this different this is nice yeah, and fun I bet you guys don't live in a house from twelve twenty. they did not dude <laughs> they fucking did not did i tell them about it oh yes. of course you did that's what I, you're open with 
You should come back to my place. But that leaving leaving the house really does like make a difference here, and that's something that Sydney doesn't do at all. Like Australia doesn't do at all because it's just geographically small. So like, if you can get a bus to uni and then bus home, you're not learning how to cook or be a yeah. person. Like it's, it's just gone home. Yeah, you just like you kind of keep it going. I don't know. I don't know if it used to be a bit different because like my I know my dad. He was he grew up in Newcastle and he went to university in Sydney. So you kind of come in and you live in like a share house. You do all that stuff. But these days, like most of my friends lived at home. Until at least like third, fourth year even. I didn't move out until after uni. I was just at home the whole time. Yeah. So I, I, and then you move out and you're like, wait, this is great. <laughs> wait, what? This There's is, no old people it's like, I can do anywhere? I, I can have cereal for dinner? Yeah. I just like, yeah. No, I, think you, I think you get your grub years out earlier in the UK. You, yeah. know, you get your grub years out like 18 to 21. Then you have like a few meals you can cook. You know how to clean. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, I was like, I was a grub like 24 to 26. And so I met like my girlfriend. I was just like, yeah, it's the grub guy. Yeah, the being grub. like, who wants pasta sauce out of a jar? Like you know, that kind of, that kind of dude. Not everyone gets out of the grub years though. But yeah, that's so. That's where I met my 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 now wife, um, yeah. and she moved me pretty convincingly at the end of the the her tenure in the UK. She was yeah. like, do you want to go back to Sydney? Like, I've got to go if we want this relationship to work. You should either come with me because long distance is going to suck across the face of the earth, and it did for bit of time did you do the, the long distance you did give we, it a go we did it for two months i because I, I committed oh, to two months is not long that's good you yeah. dodge bullets man yeah. yeah yeah so i'd booked my flight i'd got my visa sorted and i was like right i'm coming baby i'm coming and um <laughs> and i said give me two months to wrap up my life and you know cancel my gym subscription that i never used yeah and like and i mean i was gonna say you haven't used it in a while huh clearly not <laughs> since you moved here haven't really hit got the gym got a bad back then <laughs> but yeah so that was it took a bit of time to do that and then she was just like come to sydney that's it and that's i've it. been here ever since wow. it's the typical like i'm that guy it's like oh work in holiday and you just never fucking leave right that that is the english it's so, australia story like yeah. all of them live in Coogee, and you know they're just like yeah it was just better like my old housemate one of my very good friends she did the exact same thing and she works in reality TV. You got to really like Sydney to be like, you know what? Fuck working in the UK in reality TV. The most dependable of all the TVs. It will always be there. In the UK, you guys love that shit on a level I cannot fathom. Between that and panel shows. Yeah. There's a panel show for every topic ever <laughs> there's like a panel show for every person who's ever been asked a question like yeah. there's like that many and not all of them oh. are good not all of them can be qi you know like and no. even then not everyone loves qi but there's yeah. something for everyone but the reality tv show is ridiculous man even here like seeing like the bachelor it's growing and growing yeah i could not believe how much the country has got behind the bachelor i think it is dog shit yeah, I mean, I don't understand it. My girlfriend's into it, so I kind of get like that over-the-shoulder watching experience. But then, like they, my friends, their producers on the show, like they tell me about like you know the contestants like doing drugs and like fucking each other because like they like kind of keep in a hotel like a kind of four-star Lord of the Flies, you know? That's just like here's alcohol and each other, good luck, and like you know. That sounds way more interesting than the show. I was going to say, that's like Big Brother without any rules. Big Brother up late. That's what... Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, Australia's to have that. Let's go now. Yeah. Big Brother up late. Big Brother after dark. Yeah. And then... Oh, was it... I forget. Yeah. I never got into that either. I just never... That's the thing. The UK ran Big Brother for so long. But I heard in the UK, they did it better. Because in Australia, it's just like, here's a bunch of dudes living in a house. Hooray. Whereas in the UK, I heard it was like much more produced in the sense of just like, you know, I'm a devout Muslim. I pray five times a day. And then the other guy's like, you care for like yeah. Britain for Britain. And then like, they're just like, yeah, they're not supposed to get on. So it's just this 
social experiment in combustion, I guess. They also look for people with like borderline personality disorders oh, who good, yeah. just could not operate with other human beings. And you just, it's like throwing like nine cats into a bag, <laughs> just shaking it around, putting cameras everywhere. It was, at times, it was unwatchable. But then every now and then you'd be like, you know what, it could be worse because you go to like the Dutch version of Big Brother and there's like people having sex under a table. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it was just like, okay, we could be worse. Yeah, we're, we're at fine. least we're civil, we're respectable. We keep that English prudishness. Everyone says everything behind the backs. <laughs> it's just really like passive aggressive. <laughs> but to yeah. each other's face. They're lovely. Um, actually, wait. Oh, fuck. I was going to say. Sorry, because you're, you're working in esports. This just occurred to me. Is that a lot of travel? Because that's yeah. the one thing like with, with, with comedy, like any kind of live performance thing in Australia, that's one of the really hard bits because it's a huge country. There's not a lot in the middle. And so if you want to work, you've got to move a lot. And I assume yours would be even more international. So you're just kind of constantly on a plane? This year, I've been, I've spent like in total over a month or just about a month on an airplane in terms I've been going back and forth from the US, all over the US yeah. um, since January. And I only stopped in, I think it was, it was like the start of July. So I have honestly, I've spent a lot of time on airplanes. I've seen every movie obviously of course you've seen the you've seen the whole thing yeah and i get very excited when a new month takes over (laughs) because i know the films will be different but yeah it's i mostly work in the u.s i did one gig this year um in england which was great parents came up it was amazing birmingham nec you know it was cool to be what what does nec stand for uh the national exhibition center in birmingham okay i thought it was was like a gaming thing oh no 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 just just the the, just the venue. We were there for this um, festival called the Insomnia Festival. Okay. Which is exactly what you think it is. Yeah, just right. Just no one stops. Dudes with neons in their computers. Yeah, lots of lots of like those little caffeine bottle pill things that nice. you just take swills of. And See, this is the thing. I used to, you know, play video games. I never went to like a proper LAN party, but like I did go to like a mate's house with my full PC because back in the day, that's how you had to be a hero. Mum puts it in the back of a station wagon. Your dad pretends he didn't see it and off you go, right? <laughs> It's a good it's a good system but they they do up computers like cars for oh, anyone yeah, who's never yeah. seen that before it's like kind of like fast and furious but with a pc we did a whole segment on our show here um about souped up computers and the people that make them and like how much money and time goes into them people really go hard what, for like what kind of cash we talking? we're talking like thousands and thousands of dollars and this is aside from the pc itself because like if you want to buy a good pc you drop like four grand probably okay i mean i don't know i i get given this shit now <laughs> of course <laughs> But like, if you want to, if you want to like dollar up with like water piping and like LEDs everywhere and like fans and shit, that is another like three or four thousand dollars. Some guy had made like he'd made his PC look like the Quake logo, which is like a sort of weird cue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he left like it was all exposed. It was like metal work that he'd like done himself, and he'd spent like ten thousand hours or something ridiculous in total on the thing. That's probably a gross exaggeration. But like, <laughs> unreal. People go to extreme lengths to show the stuff off, exactly like cars. Exactly like cards. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's weird that that's kind of like the digital version of that subculture. Yeah. You know, like, I think like gaming and cars, like it's like, I mean, they're the opposites in a lot of ways, but they're like the same. Yeah, it's, it's anything. It's like a you've... dude with sick reactions, like, and lights on his metal. <laughs> like, <that's... laughs> it is the same thing, isn't it? Yeah. I find esports has got more in common with like UFC though, because it's something that people have always done, but hasn't always been something that people are kind of culturally accepting of. Right. People have always fought each other. 
in like fight club scenarios in <laughs> in major cities around the world. Now there's just a ring and a camera yeah. and Joe Rogan. It's different. Yeah. And the same with gaming. Like when I was a kid and we played games like competitively, we did it in like a gym. We, you know, we hired out a gym or we'd hire out like an internet cafe. No one really knew what was going on. I didn't tell my mates for years what I was doing because I was, or anyone at school, because I was so, it was so dirty and weird and like I was embarrassed by it because it wasn't like cool to play games. It wasn't cool to do that. But it was something I really loved, like to compete, like at, at a high level. I was so passionate about, but so, I could not share that with anyone. So, did you meet the people you game with online? Like, yeah. it was all just like your kind of chat room, yeah. kind of forum vibe. And dude, this was when chat room pedophiles were a big deal. So, when I tried <laughs> to convince my mum to let me go to like Birmingham, so Birmingham is the um, esports mecca of the UK. Really? Yeah, because it's the bu- all the buses get there, all the mega buses take you straight it's, there. It's so I do. Birmingham, I know it. Digbeth. I know it well. Birmingham Digbeth is the coach station where everyone would just meet up. And it, uh, at first it was weird because like, I had to convince my mum to let me go there. Were you one of the younger ones or was like everyone 14. quite young? I was like 14. No, it was ages vary totally. We had dudes there who were like mid-20s, late-20s, dads and stuff. But like you don't wow. really know until you get there. Like you meet them online, you play with them, you talk to them. Then you get there and you're like, oh my God, this is super weird, isn't it? Yeah, because I, I remember when I, cause I would play some games like at quite a high level and you'd have people that you'd speak to like every day. Yeah. And they'd be like some weird dude from like America who's like, 10 years older than you to meet up with them would have blown my mind it was insane and also you don't know what anyone looks like because this is like yeah. pre-facebook as well this oh, is course. like this we is all had screen names yeah this is all screen you, names we didn't by even... your screen name i assume not anymore i dropped that shit but what was your screen oh, name? my screen name was wrath like wrath like the the the, the deadly sin wrath spelt just no the yep. t was a seven, seven. yeah you, you know why because of the seven deadly yeah i was uh, it was i was like 13 when i made it amazing and it stuck though. It stuck. But I did drop that shit professionally. So yeah. what now? You're just like I'm just Miles, Miles Ross. Ross now. Yeah, yeah. Like, is that? Do people still go by their screen names, or do they? Some people do. Some. Okay. Because I I wanted to branch out into other things. Like I didn't want to be like trapped in esports. So like I couldn't do like I didn't want to have like a TV show about games and be known as my game name. Which like yeah. I know now that my coworkers are from Channel Seven, like Hex and Barjo from from um, Good Game, they trying to drop those names like hex is trying stephanie ben dixon is trying to drop the name hex but because she's had like a 10-year career in tv where she's been known as that name it's can't very drop difficult shit. you can't drop well, i mean shit. look the rock has proved that it's possible who's dwayne johnson now dwayne is possible man but you need to have like what the to... greatest run of films of shit films but massively successful and films. the fast and furious films that were fantastic <laughs> Entirely turn that franchise around I didn't just know by were, casting him. I didn't know you were a fan. I had no idea. I didn't Dude, even know you were a car guy. I'm not a car guy. I could not give a fuck about cars. I love the Fast and Furious. I think it is the... <laughs> I know that every aspect of my voice and every aspect of my personality means this is coming across as sarcastic. It is not. Look you should at, see his face. Look at Miles just across the room who's making full eye contact with me being like serious. Like, yes, no, I'm absolutely serious. It's true. I think it's so... They're so funny. Like, they are hilarious. Like... <laughs> Oh man, I could bang on about it, but I I will save that for my Fast and Furious podcast series. <laughs> I'm the only listener, and I just say it's really really good for two hours. It'll be a seven part special. Yeah, it'll be a big long one, like real uh, long. I would. Oh, that'd be to be able to talk to the people behind that, just being like, "Did you have any idea what this thing would become?" And them just being like, "Fuck no!" Like, there's because yeah. that first one, 
like that was just like to kind of get this like subculture of people to go to a movie and it was like for car people and they mentioned NOS all the time and now it's like this international heist movie and Ludacris is buff what like what happened yeah when did that happen well did that come out at the same time as Gone in 60 Seconds because you know films like Hollywood says a weird thing it was was after it was was after after. Gone in 60 Seconds I think Gone in 60 Seconds probably opened the door a little bit yeah for Fast and Furious because they were like oh we could have like hot people and cars because Angelina Jolie's in that oh yeah and Gone in 60 Seconds isn't that weird yeah and Nick Cage yeah but Nick Nick Cage Cage. I mean he was in everything he was but I find it weird how Hollywood does that where they launch like two films that are almost the same at the same time like Deep Impact and Armageddon (laughs) and then like Lord of the Rings and Aragon I mean obviously one of them has to die horribly yeah but then you have like Fast and Furious and, and Gone in 60 Seconds in my mind came out at the same time yeah but they clearly didn't I mean, yeah, I don't... I, it'd be close. It wouldn't be too far. But yeah. you're right, Hollywood does do that. It's like, I reckon it's, it's like one weird. film studio hears about the other one and they're like, we got to buy a fucking... Let's just buy any script that's like that and yeah. like, just and launch just it. Just push it, just push it, no matter how crap it is. Like, push it real hard. Like. Yeah, and that's it. Um, what a shitty industry. Aren't we glad? <laughs> I mean, we're fine. We're, we're doing the proper industries like esports and comedy. Those dickheads in film. <laughs> Who even goes to see films anymore? Who does that? Well, gaming makes more money than film, music, television put together now. I was gonna, I was obscene. gonna say that, like, if I was purely looking at the numbers, I'm sure that esports would just be how many, how many people? Because you're a commentator, so how many people? Is it, is it Twitch streaming? Is it like, yeah, yeah, Twitch. we do Twitch, we do live events as well, and like, without, because like the one thing that really messes up everyone's viewership statistics are China. Okay. China really messes that up because there's no way to like really quantify the the that variable so like everyone goes we had eight million people watch this event and you go fuck that's insane like really that's wow our game didn't do that much like this like league of legends like 10 million people 11 million you're like whoa that's wild 90 percent of that were chinese people (laughs) (laughs) it's it's, just like yeah yeah. we just assume we just assume we do watching we do like live events like the biggest thing i did this year was um like the call of duty championships like the world league championships was it held at the nationwide arena in ohio and that was packed out and like that was pretty surreal experience to be to just see like these actual people who are here to watch a game and watch the players who are playing the game because like, I've, I've been in this for a long time and i've seen it like grow yeah go from like me and my mates like huddling around some dude in the finals and we're like get him to, <laughs> what, to like to being in like i was in the forum in los angeles last year the forum the forum for wow. this thing called cod xp and that was like is that is that where dave Chappelle yeah, shot man. that special yeah Dude, and it's like on the walls we've got like queen david bowie and, and we were in the, our dressing call room call of duty yeah we were like this is fucking unreal we were in our dressing room we were like who were the last people in here and they were like the rolling stones and i was like don't touch anything <laughs> don't touch anything but it was so weird man it was and then like when we finished the show like snoop dogg and wiz khalifa like i think i'm saying that right they closed out so we like gave the trophy away we gave like 2.5 million dollars or whatever it was nuts and then they came out and like you could tell snoop was in the building because the smell was phenomenal really of his own like just special the, weed the snoop weed yeah it was so surreal. and also of course it was in la so it's legal there but like yeah, still just nuts man and i was like what the fuck is this gaming shit all about i was like i've made it mum. took pictures <laughs> it's like tell granddad yeah tell granddad it's okay Dude, that must be so nuts to just kind of ride that. Because, like, this is the start as well. Like, Pretty much, yeah. This is, you'd be, like, what, the first generation of... Well, maybe, like, second. There's some older guys in it now. But, like, in the actual commentary or just in, like, esports in general? In general. Like, guys who, like, invested in players young or, like, invested in, in websites or things like that. Like, there's a whole slew of weird ways for people... 
to stay in this like and it's i don't i'm not gonna pretend to know the business side of it but <laughs> there's like a guy that runs a website that now is like a talent agency for players and he's right. doing fine and and yeah it's a weird thing man to watch this grow and it's change. just starting to have like an industry create itself around dudes playing games yeah. right like the every like everything it's like there's this thing that people like and other people are like how can i make money off that and it just started, like start inserting it, things yeah it started off like punk rock it was so cool like we brought our own stuff and we were just having a really really good time and there was this cool energy about it and now the man's here you know <laughs> yeah, like way? it's weird i mean i do like that you've equated it so far to ufc and punk rock counterculture man it is i'm just imagining like just all these like jack dudes just rolling their eyes just be like yeah bro totally the same bro you gotta see gamers now are all jacked really yeah because they they're they on are. camera they're on camera all day and like all those youtube vloggers and shit like is, is it jacked man is there like a nutritional thing around gaming now yeah like you, yeah totally like they've got like their own little regimen and like they've got like rsi stuff and yeah they definitely do hand like, exercises and all that shit like anything around any other sport yeah like there there's a counter-strike team in denmark called astralis and they have sports psychologists nutritionists personal trainers wow you name it man they're sponsored by Audi. They're killing it. <laughs> I, oh, can I ask one one more question? Sorry, I just think this is like such an interesting. I, I want to call it a subculture, but I don't really think. I don't really think. I don't really think it is. To it's, be honest. Well, that's the thing. It's changing. Like, and it, it, it's like a like it began as like a weird counterculture thing where I was like, I I like this because it's so different. Yeah. And now it's becoming so 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 mainstream, and it's like it, the change over the last year has been like. I can't even track it almost. Like month by month, some shit happens. Like Ninja, this Twitch streamer plays with like Drake, who, you know, one of the biggest musicians yeah, yeah, in the world. Course. All that shit happens so, so quickly. And now all of a sudden, like people are coming up to me going, hey, Mars, my kid's got a Fortnite problem. What can you do? I'm like, whoa, man. Like you didn't know who, <laughs> you didn't know any of this like a month ago. And now all of a sudden it's like a big, big deal. And it's in the kind of well, spotlight. Well, Fortnite is the one that I've seen just kind of come to crazy yeah. prominence. Like as a dude, like I don't play video games anymore. Like I haven't really touched them since I was like, 19 yeah. I'm describing it's like it's like drugs or some shit like, but it no. is but it is, it is yeah oh, it it's, is. it's addictive and it takes a lot of time and it's expensive um, and that's pretty much the same but yeah it's just like <sighs> to see know. this change though yeah like it's, just in that in that kind of quick change from like just nothing to like now it's like so much money but like Fortnite is that one that like keeps being brought up in the media yeah it's, it's because it's affecting kids like right channel 7 equated there was some piece they did where it was like, my son's playing Fortnite and apparently, according to doctors, Fortnite, playing Fortnite is equivalent to taking very small hits of cocaine on a kid's brain. And I was like, fuck me. I, if they had played Halo 2 or Call of Duty Modern Warfare, that shit was like heroin. <laughs> that shit was like, fuck, forget, your, forget like a little hit of cocaine. That was like, I was so deep down the Modern Warfare hole. I didn't know I had legs. Like, it was so good, Dan. I like you're sounding like those guys being like, man, you should have had the Coke at Studio 51, bro. Should have had that shit, son. The acid back in the 60s yeah. was the best. The kids these days don't get it. It's like been like five years because that's like digital <laughs> digital, life. digital speed. Like, you know, it's just like it's been five years. People are like, ah, oh, you don't get it. You know, kids don't get it. Our brains are so uh, messed up now. Is, is there is there any way? Sorry, I, I, I'll, can I put up like, you will send me like a link or something that I can just put on this episode because I think people will want to kind of see <laughs> Like what this, this is. Cause I, it's it's weird. Cause I've definitely seen like things. Cause like you skim it and whatever. But to kind of get like the idea of just like one of those esports events that yeah. you're commentating at, yeah. we'll put we'll put something up. So if you, if you if you're into this kind of thing, because I I love this stuff. I'm always like, how do you, how does this whole thing exist with like, what ninety percent of the world doesn't even know it exists, but then like the other ten percent are like aware, and then there's like one percent, not even less than one percent that are like 
this is fucking everything. Yeah. This is so much. I don't know, man. It's, it's, I mean, I think all of this is run by, it's all being predominantly funded by the guys who make the games. So Blizzard, for example, they have this thing called the Overwatch League mm. and they've created a league. They've modeled it on the NBA. You invest in the league. It was a $20 million buy-in to be a part of the league. And like Robert Kraft, who is the owner of um, the New England Patriots, up front was like, I'm in. And straight like, away. Straight away. And like Drake has just invested in this team called 100 Thieves. Um, like everyone across the world now is starting to kind of get like an idea of what it is. But this has basically changed the lives of a handful of kids who are now playing video games full time. And it's just nuts, man. To go from like that in a few years, now they're on salaries, they've got pensions, they've got 401ks in the US. They're being pulled out of their home and out of schools to play in these leagues. And they're on like 60k a year US, like just playing video games at 14. That's nuts. It's like... Where 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 does Australia fit into that? Do we have you said we had that athlete who won, obviously, but like yeah. do we have like a pretty healthy kind of scene here? Or? It's getting there, man. It's getting there. Slowly but surely. I mean the biggest problem with Australia as like anyone who has lived here or moved here or even travelled here mm. is that it's so far away from everything. In right. in every way. Like culturally it's so different to places because the outdoors is so beautiful. Like Northern Europe, US it's kind of hit and miss at times with the weather, but like here it is phenomenal. So no one wants to stay indoors. So like culturally it's... it's not, not for like the whole year that would be necessary no. to play enough to be good enough. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and like the internet sucks here. The internet speed. I was going to ask. It we have sucks. horrible internet. Yeah. And also being so far away geographically, like it takes so long to travel. And then therefore like the internet is going to be bad. So you're not going to be able to play with people. Like it just sucks, man. It's just, this is one of the most beautiful places in the world and one of the most phenomenal places to live. But fuck, does it suck if you're a nerd? <laughs> <laughs> fuck, does it suck if you're a nerd? That is Australia, both actually and like culturally. I think every Australian person is like, yeah, we're going to fucking get those nerds, bro. Um, oh, man. But so with you being a very professional man, any plans to leave? Any stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, if it, you get, you're going to have to. Going to have to. Yeah, going to have to. You've got to take that leap to the next level in the same way that you did for comedy. You yeah. know, you've got to go somewhere where there's a more healthy environment for it. And, and I think Australia is getting there, but it's still a few years, still a few years behind and a few kind of wild and crazy investment. Yeah, and would, would, would the UK ever be like a possibility for you? Yeah, the like UK, there's, stuff? There, are, there are a lot of my friends who work full-time in esports in the UK. They work for a company called ESL and they've got like, they've got healthy, healthy livings from, from doing this full-time. You know, they have to accommodate a whole slew of shit. Like you can't just like generalize or specialize in one game. You, sure. have, to, you have to know a ton of stuff and they're really, really good for that. But the, the UK is like kind of more part of that world than... Australia, you'd yeah, say. much, much more. There's just more people, man, and that's another thing about this place. There's no one here, Dan. There's uh, very few people here. I think I think I was talking about that with people when I first came back. I'm like, oh, so how is it being back? And I'm like, honestly, it's a bit eerie. I just, <laughs> I just expect more, more, more people to kind it's of quiet, isn't it? Yeah, like, if you're walking home, you're just kind of like, where are they? What do they know that I don't? Yeah, what, that, what am I missing? It's definitely that, yeah, and it's, it's like. Weird. I say, where are they? They gonna jump out from behind a bush? You're on is that where everyone now, is? Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, I could. I. I. I probably should have. We could have talked a lot about like just what this place is to a foreigner. Like for anyone who's never been, this place is like a petri dish of like just crazy. There's just nothing here is. It's familiar in that you know it's a tree, but when you see like. Up the tree, there's a bird that sounds like a monkey. <laughs> and it's a kookaburra. And there's like, and the plants look like some shit out of Starship Troopers. Like, it's just wild here. Like, well, do, you, do you really, I would have thought just being here seven years, like it would have almost become a bit washed. Because like, I come back and I'm kind of like, oh yeah, like hear that, that's a bird. 
Yeah, it's weird. That's, I, I that's chill. I'm not like, washed at all. Like, I'm just looking out the window now and it's like a beautiful purple tree. Like, <laughs> what is going on, man? And the animals and stuff, like anything that has a pouch, I'm like, wow, how's it got a pouch? Yeah. You know, and then, I mean, I've been stung countless times by jellyfish now in my like quest to become a pro surfer. Of course. But uh, yeah, the whole country is just remarkable. This is a, a remarkable place that fucking sucks for nerds. Fucking sucks for nerds. And yet here you are making it as a nerd surrounded by all these beautiful trees. <laughs> I think that's nice. No, I mean, the other thing I was going to say, have you done like the snorkeling and stuff like that? Like, have you, have you done... Because I think as a non-Australian coming to Australia, you kind of hit that bit better than an, an Australian. You yeah. Know? Like, my, I've never been to Tasmania. I've never been to Perth. And like, I'd travel doing comedy for a living. But like, you've, you know, you're taking up surfing, you're doing the snorkeling. I think like Australia, even when you live here, it kind of feels like a vacation. Yeah. That's it, what I like. The people who move here—that's a really good point. It almost feels like this is the perfect place to retire. Yeah, it, but it's difficult to live here unless you've just got like a really, you know, like a rock steady job. But for comedy, for anything like that, it's not really good. But I have done snorkeling. I did go to the Great Barrier Reef, and I've checked that out, and it is wild. Yeah. It's a little grey. It's not grim yet, but it's getting there. Really? Um, yeah, that was super sad. That was years and years ago, and I was just like, man, this is. This is one of the most phenomenal things on the planet and we're killing it, man. Before I get all Greenpeace, like it's sad. <laughs> like it's really sad when you see it. And oh, dude, like, yeah, it, it definitely is. Like you just kind of, yeah, yeah. Cause you just see like in the UK, you're kind of like, you see the end result. Like that's the way that I kind of look at the UK. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is the end game. If you turn a country into a garden, this is it. Like, and there's just not the stuff. And you're kind of like, oh man, I think, I think Australia is going to be like a thing like that people visit kind of like Madagascar kind of shit. Just like, I just want to see some stuff. Yeah. Like the free world. It's like, it's like actual wild life. Look at that big ass lizard with the neck. Like, look at that thing. That's another thing, man. I saw a bug here and I still don't know how to f describe it. It was like, it looked just like a grasshopper, but it was red. And I was red like, grasshopper. I think it wasn't a Pokemon or anything. It was an actual <laughs> animal. And I was just like, what the fuck? I was on a bushwalk and I was like, honey, we're going home. Yeah. We're going so home. That's it. I've seen enough. I can't continue my day after the bug. It was, it was the size of my shoe as well. Like, I have no idea, man. I could have been stoned. I don't know. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> I think that's that's where to leave it. Austra yeah, I mean, I think that's why you know smoking weed in Australia. Like a lot of people are into it because it makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, more, much more sense. We just kind of chilled out, just kind of really interested in stuff. You're like, look at that fucking tray. And just stare at it for a bit. Look at that weird ass creature. Oh, fuck it. Just look at it for a bit. This place is beautiful, man. It's not, but yeah, I still find it impressive that other people are so motivated. But you came here, you started going for jogs. And I'm like, aren't you just confused by the stuff? That died real quick. Like <laughs> super quick. I was like, I died instantly. And also, if as a, I suffer from hay fever. Oh yeah. As a true nerd. Did you suffer from over in the UK? A little bit. Like and over were, here you must be fucking dead. It's un I am I am now. I've got an inhaler now. Yeah. Like, yeah in the yeah. UK I was fine. Australia's got one of the highest incidents of asthma in the world. Dude, it's unbelievable here. I went to a doctor's and I was like, Hey, what can I do? And he was like, Move. Fucking <laughs> 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 Those are your those are your two options. Die or move. I was like that's like fucking terrible news to hear oh day dude one. i my my girlfriend's brother takes a behavior paper stuff every day it's just it it's no way it every to day then that's no way to live that's it it's like kind of like kind of like the pill you know you got to take this otherwise something's going to happen that you don't want to happen yet <laughs> <laughs> that's the way to do it all right uh miles it has been an absolute <laughs> pleasure chatting to you thank you for enjoying my country um more than i have 
As a, as to other English people, do you have any word of warning if they are thinking about maybe Australia's for them? What would be your one piece of advice? Is there anything? It's that Baz Luhrmann song, just bring sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> and that is probably the best actual advice. All right, mate. Good to chat to you. Thanks, dude. Thank you very much. So that was my chat with Miles. I think you'll all agree that is a whole new world. Like I had no idea just the kind of scale of some of the prizes within esports. I mean, $25 million prize pool. That's crazy. That's more than most sports, let alone just like just confined to computer games. I think you'd struggle to get that with sports that have been going around for ages. Like I don't think the AFL kind of prize pool for clubs or players would be anywhere near that. And that's one of the most attended sports in the world. I wonder where it ranks with darts. That's the thing. I, I want to, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll put that in a little description for the podcast, what the, what the darts prize pools are. Um, just because, as you know, if you're, if you're a UK person, darts is fucking massive at the moment. People love a game of darts, but definitely more people play computer games and it's fascinating that everybody else is starting to realize just how much money is involved and some of that is going to Miles Ross. Who would have thought? You move from the UK to Australia for love and you end up being an esports commentator in what has to be one of the smallest markets for esports in the Western world and also just so far away from everything. Like I assume, as he was saying, like the majority of his work happens in the US with Blizzard and that is a hell of a flight but he sticks it out, man. He didn't stick out with the jogging. He didn't stick out with the active Australian lifestyle. But, you know, he's kept up with the esports and he's trying to do the surfing. I respect that, man. Uh, anyway, if you like him, please grab him on Twitter. I'm sure you will find absolutely, like, more things about that. I know that podcast definitely went a little bit off topic in terms of talking about the UK versus Australia. But I think, you know, cyber sports versus like regular sports is just as interesting and it's not often that you get a chance to sit down and chat with someone like that. If you do like Miles, he is at Miles the Ross on Twitter. As always, that information is going to be in the little episode packet. But anyway, that's the end of the podcast. Thanks for listening again this week. I promise to be back on Monday with a brand new episode, the final episode of Australia Month on the Union Jackoff because I will be flying back to London on Sunday. That's it. I have my little jaunt. I had my little fun. And then I'm back to London where I'll be around chatting to more comedians from all over the place who currently call London home uh, and live in houses not nearly as old as Miles's 1220 house. Constructed in 1220. That is so insane. Like that's, I think that's like, isn't that like technically dark ages? Like that was the bit of history where they were just kind of like, yeah, we don't even know what really happened. All we know is this one house was built. And now the man who grew up in what I assume looks like a house in half the video games you play when they're setting like those sword swinging, paladin, smiting people with shield kind of games. He grew up in that house and now he calls that shit for a living. That's ridiculous. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, I'm Daniel Muggleton. Please get in touch on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. You can find me. I'm out there. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And, you know, like, subscribe, tell a mate to listen to this thing. Anyway, have a good week. See ya.